you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from the ChrisVossShow.com. The ChrisVossShow.com. Oh, no. I stole away from the Iron Lady. You can send me a vote later and see what you think if I do it better than her. I kind of miss doing it, actually. 14, 15 years I was doing it, and now she does it. I don't know. I kind of miss it a little bit, actually, so I, I kind of revisited there. Welcome to the show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here, because without you, I'd just be a madman speaking into a mic, and they said that I can't do that anymore. Next week, I get one of the bracelets off that regulates that. Anyway, guys, we have an amazing author on the show, an inspiring young lady, and she's going to be talking to us about what's in her new book and how it can make your life better or else. I don't know. I just start saying that. So, guys, what we need you to do is very simple. We deliver to the CEOs, the billionaires, the all the different members of Congress and, and White House advisors and Pulitzer Prize winners and journalists and all these brilliant minds. And they live these extraordinary lives. And they, they, they take all of their stories, their cathartic moments, the things they, the trauma they went through, the things they lost, the things they gained, and they bring their final version well, it's not final. It's kind of midway for most people. But they bring their final findings of everything they did, and they bring it distilled to you, to the elite Chris Voss Show audience for the Chris Voss Show knowledge glow that our audience has. So all we ask from you is go to goodreads.com, forechestchrisvoss, youtube.com, forechestchrisvoss, linkedin.com, forechestchrisvoss, chrisvoss1 on the tickety-tockety, subscribe to that big LinkedIn newsletter. And in group as well. Today we have an amazing young lady, as aforementioned on the show. We're going to be talking about her newest book called Unread Pages, The Silent Struggles Behind Every Success. And today we are joined by Marnie Beecham. And she's going to be talking to us all the way from Aussie, Australia. Aussie, Australia. That's not, that doesn't work that way. Aussie, Australia. That's the way it works. And yeah. uh, telling us about her book and her insights. I, I always get yelled at by my Aussie friends. They're like, it's hanging around. Or how, that's, not even, that's not even Australian. But Marnie is an award-winning business leader, best-selling author, and mindset coach who survived many challenges, which would stop most people in their tracks. But rather than give in, she got back up over and over again and used the lessons to rebuild a once-shattered life, growing multiple companies along the way. Welcome to the show, Marnie. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Give us your .coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs? So, MarnieBeecham.com is my main website. And if you're looking for my book, you can buy it through unreadpagesbook.com. There you go. And give us a 30,000 overview. What's inside the book? So the book is basically just, it's an autobiography, essentially, but it's got a bit of a business undertone as well, because I talk about a lot of the challenges that I faced as a business owner. And I talk about the lessons and the ability to overcome a lot of things that happened throughout my journey 
that enabled me to go bigger and better the next time around. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And and I like this. The silent struggles behind every success is, is do I perceive it properly that, you know, one of the problems is that when people see successful people, they always go, hey, I want to be like that person. And they make it look so easy. I get that with the podcast. Mm-hmm. They're like, you make it seem so easy, Chris. I want to do that. And when can I be successful and make millions tomorrow? And I'm like, wait, you get paid for this? The, uh, you know, and, and so people, you know, they'll see billionaires or Elon Musk or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I, I want to be like them when I grow up or I want to be like them next week. And you're like, mm-hmm. do you understand the silent struggles as you put in your title of your book? Do you understand the work, the the pain, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the birthing, the the torture, the <laughs> pain, the, oh, sorry, I got a little out of the hand there. I've Everything. Owned lot, I've owned a lot Everything. of companies since 18, so sorry. Yeah. so there you go so that that you know helps give people the you're showing how the sausage gets made basically (laughs) yeah 100 percent. and and you know obviously there's a lot of reasons why i wrote this book but Mm -hmm. that's a big part of it you know i've had so many people over the years say you know like i don't know how you do it or i wish i could do what you do and yet all of the things that i've been through I rarely speak about. So uh, there's only a lot of a handful of people really who know the majority of what is in my book. And so a lot of the feedback I'm getting from people is we had absolutely no idea that you were going through those things along the way. You know, they, they as you said, they have this glorified image of, you know, a business person. My, my business has always been in real estate. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing. People think that real estate agents just dress in nice clothes, drive beautiful cars and get to waltz in and out of people's homes every day and make a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more than that. Business is complicated, you know, and, and yeah. speaking to what we're talking about, you know, knowing what goes on behind that, it, it's so funny how people, all people say to me, you know, oh, I just want to, do this easy thing or, or do I want to succeed by, by, by do it the easy way. And I'll tell them I, there, there is no easy way. Anything. There is and no I've had to way. pound this into a few Gen Zers heads, anything of value in life, anything that means something that has worth has to be shaped like a diamond and it has yes. to be compressed and pounded and, and worked at. You know, what's the old adage? It was Thomas Edison. You have to spend 10,000 hours to really master a skill and get good yes. at it. You know, all that people say, you know, I wish I could be good as you do and uh, as you are. And I'm like, so do I. I'm still working on it. I suck at this. <laughs> In my mind, I suck yeah. at this. You think I'm great, but I know my fallacies and I know what I could do better. And I suck. Yeah, totally. But, I, I'm exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. And it, what was interesting is you mentioned to me that you, because you're on a podcast, <laughs> I thought that was funny. I don't know. It sounded good in my head. I'm on a weird tangent today. But you, you said that, you know, people didn't see, you know, that you were, you know, going through struggles and, and, and issues and things like that. And it, it kind of gave me an epiphany that, you know, people that we, you identify as victims because they're always doing the victim thing, you know, like mm-hmm. you always know who that one, you're like, oh, I don't want to talk to Bob. Bob's always have some, you know whatever's going on with bob because bob's you know got problems but then there are people that are successful that are motivated that are entrepreneurs that you know you just don't have time to sit there and you know put a billboard up and you know i I remember going to tori amos concert and she told the story about how she was always playing victim mode and one of her friends came to her one time and said hey man get off the cross we need the wood quit putting yourself up (laughs) on, on it 
and Jenny get like I love that. It hit her it hit her that she's like, wait, oh, okay, they know what's up. And, and so it's interesting to me the difference between the mindset of an entrepreneur and the mindset of maybe someone who's always in victim mode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. You yes, gotta, I, I look at it as a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. There you go. Now, in your book, you talk about a few other things that not just business related, but you divorce and other things, financial ruin, personal tragedy, health crisis, loss and grief. This is all stuff I did last Friday or I do every Friday. Uh, that's Fridays <laughs> around here. That's the joke. <laughs> okay. Took me, took me a couple of rounds to get that call back done. Tell yeah. us about your origin story. How'd you grow up? What shaped you and got you down this road? Whose fault um, is this? So, my dad's. I'll blame him. Actually, it's his birthday today. So, oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> it's actually quite an opportune Happy time. Birthday, Dad. Yeah, he's passed, but uh, yeah, oh. it's his birthday. So, it's a nice day to be doing the, the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely blame him. So, I grew up in just a small suburb in Western Sydney, just a very normal upbringing. I have two younger brothers. My dad did a short version, did a series of, you know, different jobs before deciding. He virtually came home one day and said to my mum, I'm buying a truck yard. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I think I was around maybe 11 or 12 at the time. And I had always been extremely close with my dad. So basically anything that, that my brothers and my dad did, I did. So, you know, racing go-karts, I played soccer instead of netball and doing all that sort of thing. So he went off and bought this truck yard and he literally transformed this little you know little thing into a, a national nationally known multi-million dollar business and I used to go to work with my dad all the time every school holidays every weekend I'd be down there and just absorbing and watching everything and so by the time I got to high school when people say what do you want to do when you grow up my answer was always I want to have my own business oh. and Obviously, they would say doing what, and I had no idea at the time. <laughs> so yeah. I said, I've got no idea, but that's that's my goal. So I think that we, you know, we absorb things around us without even realizing, and you know, we we just we develop those, I guess, those skills and that mindset. And you know, my mindset growing up with brothers and a dad who. You know, I say in my book, Dad loved speed, obviously the speed, <laughs> racing kind of speed. Uh-huh. Uh, and so yeah, we might he, clarify um, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, clarify that. So basically, you know, I was probably a little hooked on the adrenaline of all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. You know, it was dirt bikes, go-karts, water skiing, snow skiing. And so I have had this innate thing inside me where I've been a high achiever. I never want to miss out on anything and I want to do what everybody else does and be amazing at it. So, um, so I just think that growing up through that is what created an opportunity for me in business. Like I didn't go looking for it. I just had this feeling that I had to take opportunities whenever they opened up and eventually the right thing would come along and it did mm. out of nowhere. Yeah. There you go. And what was that? It was a real estate agency. So mm. I started out in accounting which mm-hmm. was never going to be where I wanted to stay, but not, I not a thrill, never, probably. Maybe no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so You're used to I, racing. That's a that's not a yeah. racing business. Yeah, it's not at all. <laughs> and obviously, maths was never my strong point at school. Of writing, I was always a bit more of a creative. Um, so yeah, I, I took a job straight out of school, which essentially for me was just 
getting me into the workforce, a bit of life experience and to save some money travel because that's that's what yeah. I wanted to do first and foremost. And then I just ended up being noticed by an accountant in the parent office and they asked me to come do an associate diploma in accounting. At the time, it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I thought it's, it's a stepping stone and to have my own business, it's going to give me a really good yeah. foundation. Yeah. So I did that and eventually worked my way quite quite a ways up in the in the company went off and did some traveling and then relocated to the south coast and opportunistically walked into a real estate agency one day looking for property i had been headhunted when i went on the coast to work for a property developer so mm-hmm. i did that for five years and did the property development the, sorry the real estate course and it turns out that the tape teacher that did my course was actually managing that real estate agency and he mm-hmm. encounter came out and offered me a job. And then within 12 to 18 months, I actually bought into that business. Wow. There you go. Hmm. I'm a real estate yeah. agent. And so, yeah. yeah, there's a marriage and a divorce that plays out somewhere in your story and in some of the journey there. So tell us a little bit more how you, know, you how that all played out and some of the challenges that threw at you. Yeah. So there was actually two. I'm a bit of a higher achiever. Even oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so my son and I separated when my girls were quite young and that year was probably that was literally the worst year of my life I went through the three major crises that we normally go through in life that year which was divorce the loss of my dad and financial ruin in the space of 12 months so the timing of that wasn't very good but we these things happen and it's no good. It's never um, good you bring up but you bring up a good point because we have these cathartic times in our life where just everything's like the whole world just comes at us and our identity and absolutely and comes crushing down on us. And then in the meantime, you're, you're trying to run your business too. So how yes. does that, how does that all play out or how did you overcome that? So basically I just had to find ways to adapt and it meant working very long hours um, mm-hmm. around the kids. Mm-hmm. For me, I haven't ever cared about hard work. So, you know, if I have to work to two o'clock in the morning, that's what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I have to be back up at seven or six. That's what I do. But it was a challenge and I did decide after maybe about six to eight months that it was probably time to sell the business. I had been very successful with that business. So I grew it the first year that I owned it. We increased our profit by 100%. Wow. We became equal to agency in the area. We grew the, I grew the team from four people to 12 people. So it was something that I was really proud of. But I think that I was probably in a space where I was letting my heart make decisions mm. rather than my head mm. at that time. The franchise saw for a million dollars in damages. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, that was just, I, I can't even explain how difficult that was. In spite in of, and with everything else stacked on top of you. But a hundred percent. So I, I literally, the whole case, nothing resulted except that, we went into mediation, but it, it it took six months and cost me everything. I literally yeah. lost everything I had, hmm. uh, and I came out of it with a massive hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, mm-hmm. and I put my company into voluntary administration. One of the reasons was to try to stop the court case, and also mm-hmm. I really had nothing left anyway. Yeah. I started to fill out bankruptcy papers and then made a decision one day that I wasn't going to do that. I, I had the choice. I could have let the company go 
I could have gone into bankruptcy, I could have gotten out of paying back all of mm -hmm. the debts, clean slate, but I wasn't prepared to do that. So I, I literally bought my company back at a cost of over $100,000 oh and it took me five years, but I paid off every single cent of that wow. debt to the, the solicitors, the accountants, the barristers, <laughs> everybody was involved. Yeah. yeah. Never so give I, up. I just, no, there's no way to me, you know, I don't see failure as failure. I see failure as lessons, but I, there was no way I was just going to, you know, mm -hmm. let that sit and have that hanging over my head. So hard work. And then a month after the court case was finally stopped and, you know, I was sitting in the park, my kids wanted an ice cream and I had $1.76 in my bank account. Wow. So I couldn't even buy my kids an ice cream. I, I, I literally had nothing. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was the toughest time of my life. And then I think another maybe four or five weeks after that, my dad died suddenly. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a kick. And your dad's an anchor in your life. He is for most. He was, he was my mentor in business. He was my, yeah. you know, they say about, you know, your daddy's little girl. That was me. Yeah. He was everything. So it was, it was extremely hard. Yeah. It was. I just, I, I thought I'd hit rock bottom yeah. <laughs> for the court case, yeah. but I hadn't. And then when that happened, I was just, yeah, it was, it was, I can't even explain it. It was tough, but you know. It is, it is going. tough because you're stripped. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is your identity. And so you built, you built an identity in life. You know, the people in your life are part of your identity. Mm -hmm. As you said, daddy's girl and, you know, having, having him as a business mentor and probably stuff yeah. and an advisor yep. was probably important. And then, yeah, you know, very. your marriage for a lot of people, marriage is an identity. I don't know why, but I'm just doing jokes. <laughs> I'm single. Me and Bill Maher, we can't afford to get divorced. So, but no, I, I get it. You know, it, marriage is an mm. identity. People have an identity, the, the, the union that they have, you know, they get married and they're like, this is going to be the person I'm going to hate for the rest of my life. No, I'm just kidding, folks. That's just, yeah. um, <clears throat> the, uh, but you know, it's an identity, you know, all these things, your business is an identity. When you build a business, the, you know, the stuff you have, you know, I went through my cathartic time of losing everything in 2008 when mm -hmm. the when the housing crisis, the, what we call in America the Great Recession. I think you guys had a little bit of it. I did. We yes. shared it with Europe pretty well. I know we like to share as Americans. That's what we do. Yeah, we share democracy, or else we get the nukes. But uh, that's how we roll. The asshole Americans. It's good to be whatever. Anyway, enough jokes about that. But, uh, you know, th these are all identities. And when you're yeah. stripped of your identity, you feel like you're losing everything. You know, I, I felt like I was losing. I, well, I lost everything. And then to make it mm. worse, you know, I'd start a lot of companies. We had an empire that went down with the 2008 yeah. thing. Nothing was working. And it wasn't just me, too. That was, that was the one excuse I had. I'm like, well, everyone's in the shitter right now. So, mm. uh, you know, we're all trying to figure out how to make this stupid economy thing uh, roll again. And uh, so, you know, trying everything and it still isn't working. And I remember my friends said to me, they go, you know, Chris, you have tried so many new companies, businesses and business ideas, and just anything to try and make a buck. If it came out on the news that you were an international gun runner selling weapons, <laughs> we, we wouldn't be surprised because you tried everything, buddy, at this point. It's just, you're, you're, you're just trying and finally got some things to stick at the bottom and I think I was, if I recall rightly, I was in a place like you where I was down to the end and, uh, and suddenly the lights went on 
and everything mm-hmm. I'd been working so hard to get, you know, trying to plug everything in and goes, this switch worked. Does this switch work? What if we do this combo? And, and all of a sudden, boom, the lights went on and, uh, and, uh, and now I'm just some idiot with a mic, but uh, no, your identity. And when, when that's stripped from you, you're just raw, right? You're just, mm. you're just, Hardly. you feel like you're nobody. You feel like you're worthless. And, and the reason I bring this up is this is an important point because I think everyone goes through some sort of cathartic time at least once in their life, if not more than that, mm-hmm. and where they're stripped of their identity. And, you know, I wrote my book about losing my business partner, being betrayed by my business partner pretty pretty deep, but also losing my best friend of 22 years, which I actually valued more. And mm-hmm. so it was a kind of, it was kind of a great knife wound, but I had thought that my identity at the time was like Howard Stern's where when Jackie Martley left the show, Howard Stern thought he'd lost his mojo. He'd lost his partner and he couldn't do it without him. And so for me in the dark moment, I had to refine myself and rebuild my identity. But I also found that I was the proponent and that the the kid who'd built the shit when he was 18 and 22, starting his first multimillionaire company who was eating top ramen that was still the kid and I was still that guy and mm. it didn't matter that I didn't have the BMWs anymore, the multiple houses, the, the gold watches and all the shit that I'd bought that ended up owning me. You know, I, it didn't matter that I didn't have that anymore because I found that I still had this guy. And as long as yeah. I had this machine and then, you know, I mean, that's basically how I roll. If you want to stop me, you better take me out. Cause as long as this thing can move, I'm going someplace. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way. And that's the beauty yeah. of an entrepreneur. So how did you, was that kind of what you found at that bottom to, to just start, just start swimming and, and keeping it going? Absolutely. And mm. that's the analogy that I use in my book yeah. is that I had the opportunity. I, I could either have either have sunk or I could swim. And there so I chose to swim. Yeah. I think there's and- a mouse analogy or a frog experiment. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I realized, I mean, I, I did, you know, have those moments where I was looking at my wounds and, you know, I was doing everything that everybody else would do in that situation. I think one day my dad walked in and found me lying on the fetal, in the fetal position on the floor, crying my eyes out. <laughs> you know, that was quite common. There was, you know, weeks there I couldn't leave my home. And I think it comes down to what you said about that, you know, we feel like, people are talking about us and judging us and and all that sort of thing. But the reality is nobody even really knew what I was going through. Nobody had any idea what what situation I was in. So I just, I think one day I just woke up and I just realised that I've done it once and I can do it again and that there was nobody coming to save me. It was up to me. I had to pick up the pieces. I had to get out of bed. I had to get back in there and I had to start again. And I, I never had, I guess my belief never wavered in my ability to do that. It was more whether I, I would have the energy and the confidence and that sort of thing. So I had to overcome a lot of self doubt and I'm sure you would have been the same when something like that happens out of the blue and you have no control over it. It messes Mm. with your head. And and I've Mm. never been one that has had self doubt or anything Mm. like that. But all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I don't even know. (laughs) In fact, I, I said to my accountant and to my dad driving home from the court case one day, I'm never going to own another business and I'm never going to join a franchise. And I did both. So, (laughs) you know, but yeah, basically you have no choice. It's, it's, it's up to you. 
Yeah. You are the only person that can fix it and yeah. you're the only person that can start again. And that's the beautiful part about being an entrepreneur is once you kind of develop this muscle of being able to build companies, start companies, you know, you can use it for various types of companies, but yeah. you, you kind of, you learn that resilience that, Hey, it's been me this whole time. I can still be me. Uh, yeah. I just have to remember who that is and, you know, cut all that, you know, you bring your great point to that self doubt where you're like, you know, you're thinking like, have I always been a failure? Maybe I just was got lucky and, and, you know, your heads really can start mucking with you. But sometimes mm -hmm. just do the work. I mean, that's what I was doing in 2008. I was trying everything. I was pushing every button, banging every button. My friends are like, Jesus Christ, he's, uh, you know, they were, they were really feeling for me because they're like, he's, he's trying, man. He's trying everything. But, you know, the economy yeah. was just tanked. You, you know, we, we mm -hmm. almost, we almost went into a great depression. I mean, technically it hadn't been for some of the moves the Fed made. And, uh, you know, you meet the cars weren't selling. It was, it was, it was kind of scary. It and, was. Yeah. And so finally things started working and, uh, and then the, the, the lights went on and the boats started lifting. And, and sometimes you just, it, it's just, you have to keep working. You have to keep fighting. And it's kind of how life works. I mean, universe, the universe is a, it, it, people hate it when I say this sometimes, but the universe is a survival game. That's really yeah. all it is. It just it is. It's Survivor, man. They put you on a beach naked, and they uh, it's a TV show. You know, only like, what's that new TV show where they put you on there naked? They just throw you on there naked and oh, go yeah. like, have fun, make fire, yeah, get some food, yeah. and uh, try not to freeze to death. Yeah, and there's that you know that saying that I love that pe you inspire people more from what you've survived than what you've achieved. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think it, that that's true. And we need to celebrate, you know, and, and the great thing about being an entrepreneur and what you went through is you change your paradigm where you looked at it and like, how can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Yes. And some people get stuck in that victim mindset. And so I think there's a real distinction we've defined as, as to the difference between there. So now you've, you've achieved success. You're doing things now. Tell us about what your life is like right now, where you're at. Give us the final yeah, so <laughs> We're almost uh, the, the um, product up until now. Yeah, so I ended up selling my agencies. So I grew mm -hmm. to, I had multiple agencies, different areas and a big team. And then after going through quite a number of other challenges, personal challenges mostly, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, winning a lot of awards, I, you know, got business leader of the year. I won most outstanding business of the year, the whole, whole range of things. I felt like I'd kind of hit every goal and, mm -hmm. uh, and you sort of get to a point, I think, where it's like, all right, I actually need something new. I need something, you know, more to strive for. So I ended up selling my agencies and I went into more of the coaching space. Mm -hmm. So coaching and training and business startups, mentoring, helping people with, you know, mindset around business and that sort of thing, which I absolutely love. Besides that, I have been working on an app for about three years, which <laughs> is yeah. very, very close to being completed. So we're kind of literally in the final final stages right now. So I put a lot of effort into that. And obviously, I wrote my book. There you so, go. And now you're yeah. you're getting to share your story. But I love how you're sharing, you know, how the sausage gets made. I, I know people, mm. that's a, kind of a tough term to, to swallow <laughs> because no one wants to hear about the rat tails. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 it drives me mental when I see people in life. They're like, I want to be like that guy. And I'm like, do you know how much hard work went into that? Oh, I, you know, I, I'm sure it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm sure it's easy. Okay. Mm. 
have fun with that, buddy. You know, people it's do that. Not easy. Too. You know what it's like. People come up to you and they yeah. go, "Hey, I want to be as successful as you are," and uh, and you're like, "Okay," and they go, "Yeah, yeah." Tell me, tell me a couple secrets so I can be, you know, like you tomorrow. And you're like, mm-hmm. "That's not the way it works." Like, <laughs> you gotta have a little bit of luck. You gotta have, as you talk about in your book, a lot of persistence. Yes. You know, there's a lot of problems you're gonna solve. There's a lot of adversity. There is no. I mean, if there's somebody out here who has had a clean sale all their life without any problems, I want to find them and beat them to death because I'll be the guy who does it. Me too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm pretty sure from what I've seen, you know, even, you know, movie stars, ultra rich people, you, you, yeah, we kind of assume that they're like, you know, that somehow they got the perfect line or the perfect thread right to success. And they didn't usually, you know, they, they have their stories. And so it's, it's a challenge to go through this. And I think it's cool now that you're helping people know how to start a business, but also, you know, telling people the ugly part of what success is about, because, you know, everyone, everyone loves it when you're on top and you hit the big time and they're like, Oh, it must've been so easy. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. I I, I can't feel my legs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which I can't. Yeah. No, but I'm just kidding. Yeah. So there you go. What is some advice yeah. you give to inspiring entrepreneurs about embracing challenges on their growth journeys? I think the biggest thing is that the sooner that you lean into it and face up to it, the better. Because mm-hmm. we spend so much time avoiding things like avoiding answering emails, avoid, avoiding mm. making phone calls, avoiding challenges or, you know, pulling over that staff member that you need to talk to. And all it does is, is manifest and it just builds and builds and it becomes such a big task that eventually it gets swept under the mat and you don't ever overcome it. So for me, it's it's like a, and I'm, I'm a procrastinator, I'm an overthinker, don't like, I'm a people pleaser, I don't like confrontation. So a lot of those things are quite difficult for me, but what I've, I've kind of learned over the years is that the best thing that you can do is to count yourself down and just do it. Don't overthink it. I think our conscious mind is slower than our subconscious mind. So the minute something sort of pops into your head that you have to do, or then you, you do that before your conscious mind starts to talk you out of it. <laughs> That's been something I've always focused on. But, but yeah, otherwise, I just think you have to accept that there are going to be challenges and you have to just ride the wave. You have to deal with it, whatever it is, as soon as it, it comes up. And you have to know that there is a lesson in every single challenge that you're oh. going to face. And you need to take that lesson on board. And next time around, you know how to do it bigger or better. And I like what you bring to it because we can look at, you know, there, there's there's an old thing that, you know, how we approach problems that come to us, how mm-hmm. we how we utilize them or perceive them makes all the yes. difference. So, like, you know, you can have something bad happen to you and you can go, oh, my God, victim mode. Why me? Why was I punished? You know, who, the world hates me, whatever, you know, whatever the hell. Or you can go, okay, that happened, a bit of anomaly maybe, but how can I learn from this to make sure it doesn't happen again? How can I, how can I utilize this? And yep. I think that's the, I think that's the real difference that separates people who fail and consistently fail and maybe never succeed, at least in maybe some of the things they want to, or whether they're entrepreneur business and, and, and successful business owners like yourself, um, where, where they go, okay, okay, this happened. How can we grow from this? How can we learn from this? How can we adjust for this? What is this telling me? You know, failure 
is we, we talked about this. It's kind of been a theme on this show, come to think of it. Did you plan this? But business <laughs> failure and resolving those failures has kind of been a theme last week. And part of really what running a business is, you're constantly fixing failures and problems. You're just constantly problem yeah. fixing. People are going to hate me because I've said, I think I've said this three shows in a row now, but like I said, it's been a theme. I was watching this guy on TikTok that I watch who sells private airplanes and he's been doing it for 40 years and, and he sells to the, you know, all the guys who got a couple bucks there. And uh, he, you know, he talks about his things. It's kind of interesting to see his life and how he does it. And uh, maybe when I grow up, I could be him or something, but uh, I'm still <laughs> working on getting my first plane. But he he made he made a day in the life the other day that I watched and it was really amazing uh, how he how he goes through his day and it was really amazing he goes to the gym in the middle of the day which I'm like wow mm. um, I used to do that too do you I, See, I used to yeah yeah I, I made sure I split my day and yeah I may start doing that because I'm mm. at the age where I, I need that extra pump but. I don't know. Sometimes I wreck myself at the gym. So maybe I need to pace myself or something. Then he goes back to the office in a suit. So I'm like, wait, were you all sweaty in there? What's going on? But uh, he talked about how he's been in the plane business for 40 years. And he mm -hmm. goes, you know, what's interesting is that for 40 years, I still have to solve new problems every day is just problem solving. And he goes, there's new problems, new issues, new regulations, new technology. He goes, I'm constantly, and you would think after 40 years that, you know, this would just be it. You just sleepwalk through it all. You're just like, yeah, hey, you just do this. You just do that. He's like, no, 40 years, I'm still solving problems. And I think maybe if more entrepreneurs just thought themselves is maybe we should just change the term on from entrepreneur to just professional problem solver. Maybe that would be a, I agree. a good thing to do. <laughs> But I agree. You know, when you start thinking of it from that aspect of that's what you do all day and you expect it, you know, instead of going, you know, I remember there were some days in my company, like, why me? Why is this day? You're like, oh my God, this problem. Uh, you know, instead of going, wait, I expected you to show up today. We've been waiting mm. for you, Mr. Problem. Thanks. Yes. Go ahead and have a seat. And we're going to figure out how to work with you today and fix what's wrong with you. You know, yeah. and that, that just it. totally changed the paradigm. It does. Yeah. 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 And that's true. You have to, as I said, you have to accept that that's going to be part of owning a business. You know, yeah. it, the buck stops with you and it's, it's, it's entirely up to you how you manage that. Yeah. Uh, what was, uh, let's see, what, what would you say overcoming this adversity has shaped your leadership style and uh, what, what is your leadership style that you, you kind of espouse to or, or uh, what, what are the, some of the ways that you think about yourself when you think about leadership? So I think with me, my leadership style has, it has adapted and evolved since that first time around. Mm -hmm. But I, for me, I'm, I'm a connector and mm -hmm. I believe in bringing people into the business. So my staff and my team, I've never had that I'm the boss you know, you listen to me mentality. That's just not the way I am. Mm. I've always led by example. And and I think with my team, it's always been, there's, there's been a very big open door policy. Everybody knew that if they made a mistake or they had a problem, that they could come to me, I would sit down and I would help them brainstorm and I would help them fix it. We all make mistakes, right? And, yeah. you know, some sometimes, you know, people make really big mistakes that are going to impact you in the business. But for me, it was always like, okay, so how can we, manage these how do, what what measures do we need to put in into place so that this doesn't happen again and so by by having 
that connection with all of my team, you know, I've always been uh, a very big rewards focused. Uh, I've always been very integrative in that, as I said, you know, we used to have meetings with all of the team where everybody would put an idea forward with what we thought would be a good thing you know, for the business moving forward. And then, you know, if there was great ideas there, obviously we would adopt them and, and implement them into the business. So any big decisions I made with my businesses, whether it was opening another office, whether it was rebranding, you know, obviously when I decided it was time to sell, I included the whole team in those decisions and sat down and spoke to them and, and asked for their thoughts and that sort of thing. So that's the kind of leader I am. And I think it also, overcoming what I've, I've overcome, I think it's enabled me to connect better and to be able, able to empathize more with, you know, personal things that they're going through as well. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. Problem solving for everybody. Yeah, you've got to let your <laughs> team delegate and let them solve problems so they can learn too because their their process is learning to learn stuff and, and then problem solve as well. So that's important. Yeah. So let's go through your website and talk about your offerings there, some of your services, the coaching you do, and different things that people can use to help make themselves better through your leadership. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I have different, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. It's a Marnie. No, no, I'd rather you leave me. <laughs> there you go. I'm just going to let you tell us. Now, what's the website for okay. you again? We'll get a plug-in for that. MarnieBeacham.com. There you go. And then I yeah. see there's several services, recruitment, shop. Tell us about some of the offerings that are on here. So yeah, there's there's obviously leadership and management programs that I run, and they I'm just in the process of getting some some of those developed to do more online as opposed mm -hmm. to you know face to face. But for me, a lot of people, particularly in the real estate industry, who go into business ownership, don't really have management or business experience. They're successful agents that decide they want to go out on their own. So. My program basically helps them to establish their leadership style because I think once you know your own leadership style, that then translates through everything in your business, your communication, the people that you should be recruiting, you know, the way the business runs, the, the way the systems and processes are implemented. So, so that package, yeah, is very much around setting it up you know, mm -hmm. mindset. It's got a whole lot of stuff in it. Then I do one-to-one -one coaching as well. I do group training programs where it's just anything from two hours to a day. And obviously, yeah, I do a bit of recruitment as well within the industry mostly. There you go. Yeah. Business planning, growth strategy, management leadership, recruitment, and staff. You have a course here setting up an EBU. Am I pronouncing that right? Oh, an e EBU. Uh, <laughs> exactly. An EBU. Okay. Yeah. It has a picture so of a flower on it, so I wasn't sure what was going on there. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's basically a term that we use for a pod, like a sales pod within an office. Oh, so you've got okay. your lead, yeah, your lead agent, and then they have like a, a team underneath them within another business. This is the so this is why I do the show to learn about what goes on in Australia, <laughs> the terms you yeah. use there. There you go. Yeah. And Ibu, I learned something new every day Ibu. with the podcast. That's the whole reason I do it. So I can keep <laughs> learning and growing and becoming less dumber than I already am. So there you go. So this is pretty awesome. Uh, give us a final pitch out to people to order the book and uh, reach out to you to contact you for your services. Yeah. So you can contact me through the website or 
the book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I think that's pretty big in the US, that site. And it's going to be distributed throughout bookstores early next year. So that hasn't quite mm-hmm. happened yet. Yeah, would love you to read the book. And more importantly, I would love the feedback. So any reviews or anything you'd like to share with me that you got out of the book would be amazing. There you go. And, you know, yeah. it, it's so awesome. I'm, I'm glad you tell the story of the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the things that you go through in life. Because, yeah, like I say, it's so, maybe you know, people come up to me and they're just like, yeah, I wish I could be like you. And I'm like, why? Have you met me? Do you know me? Like, I'm, I, I'm me and I don't want to be like me. So there you go. But, you know, people don't realize how hard it is. You know, they see all the success, you know, star, movie star, music star, whatever. And they're just like, oh, I wish I could be like them. I'll just get a mic. And I'm sure that overnight I'll, you know, everybody wants that, what do they call it? The overnight success, you know, uh, yes. syndrome or, or delusion. And everybody Take thinks a magic it's, pill. Yeah, take a magic pill. I I had a I had a friend that I I love and and I'm dear to, but he wrote me the other day and he's like, I need the tips on how to have a successful podcast. I'm like, where are you at? He's like, I'm starting my first podcast, and I'm like, dude, you, you're killing me, man. Like, <laughs> do the work, man. Do the work. Do the work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I knew what the steps for a successful podcast, I'd have one. Wait, what? No, I just. It's a journey, man. It's a journey. journey. Do the the journey. Do the work. It's going to be blood, sweat, and tears. It's probably probably going to be a whole lot harder than you imagine it should be or would be. And uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Sometimes you look back and you're just like, would I do this over again? (laughs) Why did I I do this to myself? Oh, 100%. There's many things that I've done that I'm like, oh, my God, why? Like, I, yeah. That accountant job sounded so safe. (laughs) I could have saved myself a lot of hell. But the lifestyle. I know, I could have, but it was not me. But yeah, Yeah. the lifestyle that you can lead and the being self actualized, controlling your life, the freedom uh, and stuff. But you you have to hone your discipline, you have to hone all your skills of character, resilience, and everything Mm -hmm. else. Thank you very much, Marty, for coming on the show. You've been super inspiring. I really appreciate it. Thank you. There you go. Thanks, Simone. It's for tuning in. Order up her book wherever fine books are sold. Unread Pages, The Silent Struggles Behind Every Success, October 4th, 2023. Folks, it's never as easy as you think it's going to be. In fact, it's probably 10 trillion times harder, but the person it will shape you into is a much more aligned person where you're self, self, I want to say self-absorbed. (laughs) <laughs> I have that too, but you're but you're self-actualized, you're self-accountable, and it will change your life in so many ways. It's worth it in the end, at least most times. I don't know what that means. I'll just leave that as there's a joke. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Go to Goodreads.com, Fortune's Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortune's Chris Foss. Chris Foss won the TikTokity. Subscribe that big LinkedIn newsletter, 130,000 LinkedIn group as well. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. Great. Show.